time in which we uh, find ourselves uh, right now that there are all sorts of things that are emerging that give us the hope and promise of new life. Many of those things as they are emerging are coming to flower. And as we uh, notice those things, and again, they are all around us, we, uh, we get a sense that we are also emerging. And it's not just because of spring. We, we just feel this sense of emerging. God is at work in our lives, even bringing us to flower and in a good place to be. So hence, in anticipation of all of that, as we're living into that sort of new life for us, we, uh, we're, we're talking about emerging and linking this stuff of emerging to, to, to hope. And in that, uh, hopefully, we uh, are able to, uh, to move uh, well to the sort of flowering that uh, God would have for us. I like the story told of the uh, second grader, uh, who was asked by his teacher, what is hope? And his very quick response was, it's, it's uh, wishing for something that ain't going to happen. Wow. Not sure that's hope at all. You know, that's the way it is for far too many, isn't it? Uh, those that um, have a sort of pessimism uh, when it comes to the hope that is ours. Uh, just sort of resigned to the fact that, that things are just going to be as they always are. Not so with us, or at least that's the way it should be. We are a people of, of hope. We are a people of a, of a living hope. And so not so with us, and, and maybe it would be good for us then to, to just dig a little bit deeper and to get a sense of why we uh, are a people of hope why that sort of pessimism and, and just resigning to the way things are, why that's not the case for us. And so today we read from that uh, great letter uh, in the New Testament written by Peter. We, we read of hope. We read uh, from 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 9. Let's hear this from God's Word. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord and Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little time you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the, the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. 
So this is God's great word for each and every one of us. May that be a, a deep and abiding blessing to each of us. Elmer uh, Homerhausen, who is a one-time professor and dean of Princeton Theological School, said that uh, hope is oxygen for the soul. And indeed it is. It's the very thing that gives us life. It invigorates us and it, it enlivens us. It, it puts our gaze on a brighter day. And certainly it gives our souls life. Hope, if anything, is a, is a necessary uh, ingredient for life. Necessary. Absolutely necessary. Hope is not wishful thinking, but it's the firm conviction that God is at work in our lives. Years ago, I uh, heard Rabbi Chester Diamond, uh, who is Rabbi Emeritus at the temple, just up the street on, on 42. Uh, he, uh, he shared that if you don't have hope, you, you don't have anything. You've just about lost everything, he says. And indeed, he's right about that. I've uh, thought about what he said that day so many years ago, and I've found that to be so true for my life, that if you lose hope, you, you've lost just about everything. So hope is that essential. It's that critical for our lives. It is the very thing that, that en enlivens who we are and what we're about in this life. And so in this series, uh, as we uh, are moving forward in, into the weeks ahead, we're, we're talking about emerging, and we can sense that, that we are emerging from the season in which we've, we found ourselves. And, and in that emerging, we find ourselves all the more hopeful. If hope was ever needed, it's needed in the, the season that, that, we have, uh, that, that we've endured and the season that we have before us. It is hope that will pro propel us into, into a brighter future. And we would have learned many things. We would have grown in, in many ways. This past year has been something else. And every one of us to the person can be uh, thankful that we are um, emerging each in our own way. So presently, we, we find ourselves... Uh, trying to, to reconnect. All of us know that uh, we have been separated from one another. And I'm not just talking about our, uh, our, our fellowship here at St. John, but we've, we've been separated from, from any number of people, whether it be work relationships, family, whether, whether it be people even in our neighborhood, others that, that are a part of our sphere of influence. We, we have, uh, we've been separated. And in some cases, almost regretfully, that has been in, in isolation. There have been a number of people that just stayed in their homes in, in isolation and had, uh, had very little contact with, with people. And so now, uh, as we uh, find ourselves in this present day trying to reconnect, we, we, we are, are filled with excitement. But the prospect of that is, uh, is, is rather dawning, you know, of reconnecting. How will that look? 
what what things will we say? What will we do? Uh, how will things be be different, exciting as well as dawning? We're facing all sorts of uh, uncertainties these days. Nobody really knows where the economy is going. There there are opinions that abound all over the place. You know, the bears and the bulls are all uh, all spouting off. You know, we realize that there's all sorts of unemployment. The numbers are, are still incredibly high. And to the contrary, almost ironically, it's interesting that uh, there are uh, help wanted signs all up and down the street in our, our community. It's an interesting irony. It's an uncertain time. And we are standing in the mix of that uncertain time as we emerge, uh, wondering uh, how things will work out. You know, the vaccines have been, uh, been rolled out, and numbers of people, millions of people, have had a vaccine. I'm hearing more and more reports. I've had both shots. I'm, I'm past the, 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 the two-week uh, uh, limit after my, my second shot. I'm, I'm good to go, they'll say. You know, those vaccines are being rolled out, but yet we, we realize that uh, there's a bit of a, of a plateauing that's going on. Maybe uh, roughly a third of our population, uh, maybe a bit more than that. Uh, it's going to be, uh, be a slug because many are not availing themselves of the opportunity of, uh, of, of getting the, the vaccine. And we're all left to wonder, as we are emerging, in regard to the uncertainty that faces us, how that will play out over the long term. So presently, we, uh, we find ourselves with all sorts of challenges, all sorts of uncertainties, issues of race, and cultural change abound. This has been an intense season. Pandemic aside, in regard to, to, to race and cultural change, all of us, have been challenged. And we're all left to, to think about such things and, and what we think about such things and how we are living our lives and how we are in relationship with, with, with all people. We get, a, we get a sense that a new day is dawning, but we know full well that it is going to be a tough slog over the long term. Martin Luther King Jr. once said that the arc of the moral universe is long and it bends toward justice. And he's absolutely right about that, but we know is that uh, moral, moral arc of the universe is bending toward justice. We, we know that uh, our journey anyway will be fraught with more than a few bumps and more than a few challenges along the way. We, we can only hope that as we emerge that we will make it to the other side stronger and more faithful than we were when we began. I'm sure you've asked yourself, just as I've asked myself, uh, how have I grown through all of this? Is my faith stronger than when I first began? For a long time now, I have uh, been heartened by the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 and following. You know, there he talks, uh, talks about all of us being uh, uh, treasures and clay pots, how we are sometimes bowed but not uh, broken, 
we're not to lose heart, though. Even the, the light and, and momentary troubles that are a part of our lives are nothing in comparison to the greatness and the wonder of our eternal life. Let's hear uh, different bits and pieces from that wonderful passage, again, from 2 Corinthians 4-7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Jars of clay, surpassing power, that is God in us. Paul uh, shares about their uh, common experience, and it's not uncommon to any of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. You know, that's a part of this uh, emerging stuff, being renewed day by day. And then hear this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Light and momentary troubles that are, are, are clearly uh, dispelled in the light of God's eternal plan for every one of us. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. How interesting. You know, in this uh, scientific, uh, overly rational world, empirical in every way, we're, we're just the opposite. We, we trust what we can see, what we can touch, what we can feel. And yet we, uh, we just kind of go on about things that are not seen. Scripture teaches that it's the things that are unseen are those that are, uh, are, are the very things upon which we can depend. Even when our momentary troubles seem like they're going on forever. And you know, when, when we're in the mix of those, in the, in the mix of those troubles, they, they seem like they persist for eternity. But yet in light of eternity, they are only momentary. Light and momentary. They are the very things that uh, teach us to, to come on and to, to develop our faith and to be strong. So even our, our momentary troubles seem like they're going on forever. But we are not without hope because we are not without hope. Jesus. He is ever-present, always our hope and stay. We, we sang at the 830 service last week that wonderful hymn, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. There's one, one passage of that that I, I think really speaks to us as we, um, as we seek to emerge. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, and who of us haven't uh, felt as though our very souls are just, just eroding uh, uh, out from under us? He then is my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. 
All other ground is sinking sand. You know, Jesus teaches about such things at the conclusion of his uh, Sermon on the Mount. He, he shares uh, a, a parable, really just two very short parables. He, he one, talks about a, a man who builds his house on sandy soil. And the house stands on that soil until the winds come and the rains uh, begin to, to really blow and the house is washed away off that foundation of sandy soil. And then Jesus teaches about a man who constructs his house. And this man uh, does so on the rock, and that, that house stands on the rock. But the difference is when the, the winds blow and the rains come, the house continues to stand. And the message for each of us is to stand upon Christ and his word for our lives. So it comes to us to, to really uh, seek to stand upon the solid rock that is Christ for our lives. You see, he's seeing us through this life as we stand upon him. We recognize that. He's seeing us through this life and the next. You see, Jesus is our living hope now and forever. And if we're going to strike that notion, as, as Kyle lifts up a, a, a little bit earlier about hope being a noun, Christ is our living hope. He is the very definition of what it means to be one who offers hope, a living hope now and forever. And so the question comes, that really all of us need to consider. We can consider it now, and we should, but to consider it in, in, in all circumstances. So when life comes crumbling in, upon whom are you standing? Are you standing on the living hope that is Jesus now and forever? I remember years ago uh, when our oldest son, Brian, was born, and I know I've shared with you before that Brian was born a couple of months early. Uh, Cheryl was away at uh, Gatlinburg, and they raced over to uh, Sevierville and had Brian, uh, Brian there, and it was really uh, just a, a stressful, stressful time uh, for, for, for both of us. Uh, Brian had a pretty tough struggle early on, and I got to tell you, the doctors were not blowing any sunshine. They, they just don't do a lot of that around the uh, neonatal intensive care just doesn't happen. There's a, there's a lot that just got to play out. It just seems long and slow, uh, just, just glacial almost. And I remember uh, meeting with a friend of mine. I was back in Madisonville and getting ready to go back uh, to, uh, to Knoxville where Brian eventually ended up. I was meeting with a great friend of mine uh, right before I was leaving and was sharing some of the things that the, the, the doctor was telling us my friend looked up and he, and he said, you know, Tom, even if things are as dire as the doctors are, uh, are, are sharing, that's nothing compared to the glories and the wonders of heaven. That's something I really didn't want to hear. In fact, it, it, uh, it, it, it was something I really, really struggled with in that moment in the entire trip uh, back from, from Madisonville over to be with Cheryl and, and Brian there in, in Knoxville. But as I, uh, 
as I continued to, to grapple with that, you know, even if Brian would live for a short time, if you will, or, or there would be long-term uh, struggle, you know, all of that light and momentary trouble would be nothing in compared to the wonders and, and greatness of, uh, of eternity. Taking the long view gave me hope. How interesting. And I think that when we consider hope, the living hope of Christ, we, we do stand in him, we stand upon him, and in that we, we gain hope for the present, but also uh, hope that, that draws us even to eternal life. You know, there's that great song that we, we sing Every now and then there is a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Well, we've already read it. Our scripture for today is from 1 Peter, very first chapter. Some have said that uh, Peter is, or the book of 1 Peter, rather, is, a, is a, a letter of love. Not only a letter of love, but also a letter of hope. And if you leave through the pages of 1 uh, Peter, you, you will see that that's exactly right. This speaks of God's love, sure, through Jesus Christ, but also of the hope that is ours in him. Uh, this letter is a, is a letter of hope and encouragement to, to those who were believers in Christ, but yet were finding themselves in a very desperate circumstance. By the time 1 Peter was written, uh, persecution of the early New Testament church had kicked into to high gear. It was tough, tough being a, a Christian. You always lived under the pall of, of intense persecution that could have even uh, led to the loss of life. Peter in, encouraged those Christians to, to hold fast, to hold firm to the reality of Christ with them now, but more so to, ho to hold fast to the reality of Christ having risen from the dead. Christ's resurrection gives us hope now and forevermore. It was that way for the early New Testament church. That was, that was the very thing that, that pumped life into their souls, oxygen in their souls, as we, as we shared just a, a bit ago. And, and that hope, that living hope, is the very thing that, that, that pumps that sort of life, that sort of oxygen into, into our souls, even to this day, 2,000 years later. Hey, you know, we're, uh, we're three weeks removed from that uh, great day of Easter. You know, it, it kind of seems like a long time ago, but, but just three weeks, just the very beginning of the month. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is still alive, and the message is still the same, particularly as we seek to emerge from, from all that we have faced, particularly as we seek to emerge into everything that we will face, as excited and, and as full of anticipation as we are regarding those things. You and I have every reason to be hopeful because of Jesus, the one who 
is risen from the dead, the very hope for this life and for the next, our living hope, as Peter writes. So hear it again from uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord and Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter was, uh, was very clear to tie our hope to our new life in Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. Because Jesus has victoriously raised from the dead. We can move through this life uh, with a hope that is living and vital in every way. We have no reason, no reason to be dismayed. Jesus stands victorious to this day. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the Easter message is still alive. 2,000 uh, 2,000 years from, from when it happened, three weeks from when we just celebrated it on Easter Sunday morning. Jesus overcame the, everything that the world threw at him, and he is able to make possible in our lives for us to overcome everything that the world throws at us. He is our living hope. Peter shares that uh, while you've suffered through all kinds of trials, they had the potential to uh, prove the genuineness of your faith, a faith that is greater, of greater worth than gold. So Peter very quickly begins to, to highlight, he's very transparent about it, relates to the nub of things, right where, right where those people were living, those early disciples, uh, gets right to where we're living as well. He, he turns to our suffering just as, as Paul did in 2 Corinthians, that light and, and momentary trouble. You know, they turned right to it. They, they were involved in that sort of stuff as well. He, uh, he recognizes that, uh, that there's something that happens when we, uh, when we encounter trials, even when we suffer. We find ourselves at, at a crossroads of either becoming embittered and turning away from God or finding ourselves uh, being strengthened in our faith, where our faith does grow through leaps and bounds because of the trial in which we find ourselves. And maybe as we uh, look back someday, maybe even as we look back today, we can see how our faith has grown through troubled times. You know, we all know that... Uh, that, that gold is purified when it is refined. When, when gold is, is heated and it becomes molten, the dross, the impurities come to the top and they're, they're skimmed off and they're thrown to the side. Steel is the very same way. When, when it is heated up, it is hardened in order to be stronger to meet the stresses that it will encounter. You know, if we had our dear friend uh, Harold Smith with us, he'd be able to share the science of that. But let's leave that to a guy like Harold. Let's, uh, let's just say that we know that when steel is heated, that it is hardened. 
and in that it is uh, able to withstand the stresses that it will endure. And so it is for you and me. When those trials, even those light and momentary troubles come our way, when we find ourselves going through a season like the pandemic or, or some other season that, uh, that certainly befalls us at, or even has befall, befallen our lives, uh, we know that in those challenges of life that we have the grand potential to be strengthened and purified and stronger than we ever were in regard to our relationship with God. And so as we look back and consider everything that we have gone through, and let's face it, every one of us have stories to tell. And I think we need to be transparent with one another and, and with others who are around us and, and, and be, uh, be, be forthcoming in regard to the, to the stories that we tell, and, and be sure to listen to other stories. I think in that we, we all get, uh, we, we get built up. We're not trying to one-up one another. We're just sharing honestly the things that we face. So as we uh, recognize the things that we have gone through, the things that we have endured, we, we find ourselves emerging on account of the fact that Jesus has been with us all along. You know, when we talk about emerging, it's not just we have emerged, yippee, here we go. But we recognize deeply, with faith, that we have emerged with Jesus and are stronger than we ever have been in our relationship with him. You know, I, I feel that way. I am so thankful that, uh, that I have known Christ's help literally each and, and, and every day. You know, I, th I think a lot of this uh, the stuff of, uh, of hope and, uh, and emerging uh, has to do with, with faith. You know, even that great definition of faith from uh, the book of Hebrews, the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, to a large extent, that's, that's where we've been and that is where we will be as we consider emerging. I don't know if you were up early this morning, but if you were, were up soon after the, the, the sun was coming up, you, you saw that there was a pretty intense fog around. And I can tell you, just as has, has happened, that that fog not only will lift, but the sun's going to come out some, some, someday, probably later on this afternoon, if the weather reports are, are, are correct. All that being said, you know, we can be living in and through fog but we can have the supreme hope that that fog is going to lift. And indeed, as we consider Christ, our living hope, his help through all of this, we all along and say, yeah, this is, this is going to lift one day. One day, maybe not soon enough, but one day it is going to, it is going to lift. And so we rest in him now, just as we have rested in him previously, we rest in him for the days to come as we seek to emerge. We may not admit it, but the trials that we endure are invaluable. They really do have the potential to strengthen us. And hopefully you're, you're sensing that sort of strength that is deep within as you, uh, as you are emerging from the uncertain and challenging times of the past few months. You know, you've heard it said, 
that what doesn't kill you strengthens you. And I think there's a lot of, uh, lot of truth to that, particularly as we uh, recognize and allow Christ to walk with us through whatever it is we face. Even if things do kill us, and I almost hesitated in, in, in bringing up this thought, but, but it is so true to what Peter's trying to say. It's so true to what, uh, what, what Paul says. It's, it's so true to what Jesus offers. Even if things do, in fact, kill us, we have the hope of eternity stretching out before us. Only those who are an Easter people removed just three weeks from a great celebration of Easter, 2,000 years from that grand act. We, we are an Easter people, and we know that even if we are touched in the end by death, we will emerge because Christ is our living hope. I have in, in mind, in talking about all this stuff, of a, a rehab center. You know, a rehab center at its very base is a place of hope. It is the very place where people go to get, get stronger so that they might be able to re-engage life as, as they, they had been living it. Those who are placed in physical therapy know the road is, is not going to be easy. In fact, they, they pretty much realize that it's going to be fraught with some degree of pain. The expression, no pain, no gain, clearly, uh, clearly is apropos when it comes to stuff in physical therapy. Hope, though, abounds. You know, they don't send people to uh, physical therapy if they don't expect that person to get better. Physical therapy, rehab, is a, is a place of hope. And, and, and so as, as those people who go to PT persevere, they, they do find themselves emerging back into, the, into life stronger than they ever have been before. And such is the same for you and me as we place our faith in Christ, the one who stands right alongside us, holding us up, helping us to, to take one step at a time, emerging into a bright and new, maybe even a different future. In his great mercy, let's hear it again. In his great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Christ, our living hope. So I preached that scripture on Easter. I preached that scripture at funerals. I now preach uh, this scripture as you and I seek to emerge from all that we have faced. And this scripture, talking of our living hope in Jesus Christ, heartens us absolutely, eternally, to no end. We do not weep as people. We do not struggle as people without hope because we live as those who have all hope that his name is Jesus. The story is told of a middle-aged uh, fella that went on uh, one of those Caribbean cruises. 
And he was up, up on deck the very first day of the cruise. And as he was walking along the deck, he, he noticed uh, a woman out of the, the corner of his eye uh, smiling at him. So the man registered that, and he sort of arranged things for the two of them to be at the same table uh, that evening at, at dinner. And as they, uh, as they began to, to uh, enter into to a type of conversation as they, around the table, uh, he, he asked, I really noticed you on, on, on deck. I, I particularly noticed that you smiled, and I so appreciated that. And, and uh, the, the woman smiled herself yet again, and she, um, she responded, well, the reason that I smiled is that you, you reminded me of my, uh, my third husband. And uh, the man responded, well, how many times have you been married? And she responded, twice. My friends, that's, uh, that's hope. That is hope every time. Let's live in that same kind of hope, you know, where we, uh, we do, uh, do have the, the assurance, the faith that leads us to the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that have not even been seen yet. Let's, let's live uh, every day in these light and momentary problems, as Paul puts it. Uh, let's, let's live in our living hope, certainly having a gaze of... Uh, of the eternal life, having our, uh, our, our faith placed squarely upon Christ and the good news that he has indeed risen from the dead, that he is victorious over all of life now and forevermore. Let's live in that hope as we continue to emerge. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your son Jesus in whom we uh, seek to place our faith, the very one who is our living hope. And as we uh, seek to uh, make our way through this day and the days to come, may we uh, breathe in the oxygen of the hope that you so long have as a part of our lives. Lord, we pray that we uh, breathe in Christ. And in doing that, may we uh, find ourselves uh, well fitted for the road ahead. Thank you, God, for, uh, for your word that so instructs us clearly about how we are to, uh, to make our way through this life. And as we make our way through this life, may it be that we hold fast to the firm hope and promise that is ours, that we also make it through to the next life. Be with us, Lord, we pray. Help us, protect us, strengthen us every day as we continue to emerge. In Jesus' name we pray. So let's think on these things. Let's pray on these things. Let's use uh, this as an opportunity to draw closer to our living hope. Uh, you're certainly welcome uh, to, to pray, to, to let the Spirit move in your life as we continue to worship our Lord.